Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. here at the Sporting Edge, another edition. Again, I'm not sure if this is our 100th episode yet or not. We're working our way there. Um, it's been another week, you know. You, you wake up on Monday morning, you know, you got five days ahead of you until the weekend. For me, it feels like every single day should be a day, or every single day of the week is a day I need to progress. Haven't done so much this week. I've been a little bit of a bum, but that's why we have bounce back days. But Xander, I know you've been having a lot of fun. You're still kicking it up over at Edward Jones, even got a softball league going, which I tried doing last year, my last year in Chicago, and all my best buds are on the same team, enjoying victories, enjoying playing sports like we used to do, and uh, it, it hurts, let me just tell you, I'm a little jealous, and uh, I, I'm, I hear you had a, an amazing play to finish your game off today. Uh, you, you heard right, um, yeah, shout out again to Rube, Rube's on the team, um, Thomas Gandolfi has been on the show before, Dylan Wallace has not been on the show, but we've definitely mentioned him. Uh, he's playing in, he's uh, been offered. He's been offered many times, uh, yeah, he was, uh, um, he's on the team, so I went out to the field, um, was maybe going to play a little outfield, but just kind of just put it catcher, arms You lost hurt. your speed, just admit you lost your speed. Well, there, you can't lose something you never had, but... Fair. Um, so I could hang, could kick it in the outfield, but I was playing catcher. My arm kind of hurts because I've pitched the last two weeks in baseball and haven't thrown in two years. So body's pretty sore, arms tired. Um, and catching in softball, anybody who's ever played, you really there's not much action. Like you catch the pitches, but that's about it. But little did I know that I'd be involved in four different plays. Um, one of them being a game-ending tag <laughs> at the end of the second game. Um, completely doused in dirt, but it was very worth it. Um, almost made a great fifth play. Didn't happen, but yeah, we were uh, we were up two runs. Guys on uh, bases were loaded. Um, base it to center field, and guy chucks it in on a one hop, about five feet right of home plate. So I get it, dive in front of home plate, stretch out my glove, tag him out for the the game ending out. It was pretty sweet. Um, probably one of the biggest sports rushes I've had in like two or three years. So I was very happy about that. Um, not happy about the dirt in my car, though. So, yeah, you know, things are going well. Thursday night softball, it's past my bedtime doing the show now for all the, the dedicated listeners out there. So, you know, I'm a trooper. What can I say? I, 
let me say I'm impressed and uh, like I said very jealous that you're participating in this league and maybe one day I'll make the grand return back to the Chicagoland area to participate on this team if you may have me um, it's not my but, team what? not my team it's uh, whoever, whomever's team it is and also but, a double dip we have the the, the Brunchin Bowl this Sunday 11am got the call from Maury uh, three weeks ago um, start of the bowling league is two weeks away, so this week they give us a free breakfast, free bowling at the new alley. Um, football the starting brunch up. And bowl. The brunch and bowl. The brunch and bowl. I named it that. Um, I think I'm going to bring it up to Maury. But yeah, things are things are coming around. I mean, we got the fall weather starting a little bit, a little cooler out there, which is awesome. Football, bowling, another round of softball. Um, this is a great time of the year. It is, and like I said, every time I see a football game on preseason or or AFL, I just know I'm getting closer to uh, to the promised land, and that's Green Bay Packers Week One. AFL, but uh, it. I don't know. Is the AFL going on right now? I just any any form of football. I was looking for another alternative other than preseason games. I don't think there is any other. But um, shout out to the Laundry Football League for never accepting our deal last year when we were in, in, in talks with them about making a partnership. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for the NFL to be back, and I'm excited that we're going to be talking about tight ends this week. And we're not talking about your sister's tight end, but we're talking about players like Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, and the rest of the uh, NFL tight ends in the league. Any Kalen, other housewarming? Kalen oh, sorry, that was uh, was on the list. Go ahead. Wow, I feel- <laughs> <laughs> we're just now we're throwing sisters around out here. This is this show gets a little bit dangerous. It's uh, we're shooting some fire, but uh, I was just any other housewarming, anything else going on in your neck of the woods? I know I've got a housewarming thing about the Sporting Edge show. Um, if you if you don't have anything left, um, one more thing. I had a birthday on Wednesday. I'm now uh, happy birthday. You. You're the oldest man in the bunch. I'm the oldest man in the bunch, uh, followed by Dylan, whose birthday's in a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, I'm 24 now, um, officially in my mid 20s, and can't say that I'm enjoying it that much um makes me feel very old i was a long way away from 21 which is even longer from 18 um yeah birthdays are they're not not the best thing anymore i woke no, up you, i went to you work. like want them to slow down yeah i went to work i came home had dinner with my family and my grandmother and that was it and i went i went to bed right the days of celebrating birthdays have become have become slower and less um some would say egregious, but for me, celebratory. Uh, 21st birthdays have always been the the height of your birthday career, I believe. I mean, it was one of the greatest nights I've ever had. But birthdays don't really pick up again until you get married, you know? And then your wife's bringing you out to dinner with your kids, and they make it a whole big Shonda. But in your 20s and 30s, you're just hoping it slows down a little bit so you can continue to enjoy life in a young, healthy body. Um, yeah, and I've always but, been a bigger fan of other people's parties. Never been a big fan right. of having a party for myself. It's just not as much fun because you're the center of attention. I just like having a party and uh, like doing whatever I want. I'm I'm completely with you there. Um, but yeah, so Xander's 24. Very excited. He's the oldest man here on the Sporting Edge now. But some Sporting Edge news coming up in a couple of weeks. We have our first guest in a long while. Maybe it'll be a special. Special 100th episode guest, but who knows? It probably won't be our 100th episode. We've got Tyler Watson, who is a part-time pitcher in the Minnesota Twins organization. I don't know exactly what level he's at yet. We still have to do our Wikipedia research (laughs) before the show. But, yeah, we have a uh, professional baseball player, to say the least, coming on the Sporting Edge again 
yours truly got the job and uh i'm excited to have him it'll be interesting to see what he thinks about the twins and their major uh their major fall off from the year before. But uh, yeah, we're excited to get the ball rolling again. I might even hire another intern as our last intern process really hit the fan. Um, I left a word out of that saying. But uh, yeah, hopefully LA has a lot more to offer in terms of people who want to work for me. But we've got we've got a Twins pitcher coming up for you guys. Yeah, it's been a long time since the Sporting Edge has had a guest on. I don't even remember the last one. Well, we've been kind of the curse. We, we have to look into this a little bit. You, people come in on our show have been a little bit cursed, starting with Joey Calistri, who is no longer on the Chicago Fire and is in a division below the MLS, I believe, and has not made his way back up to the MLS since being with us. We had Anthony Grant on, who had a very poor season last year for the University of Dayton Flyers, didn't make the tournament or perform well at all in the A-10. And we had um, we've had a couple – and. Corey Provis we've had on and the twins really fell off after a year he was very excited about their potential and uh, we we unfortunately hopped on the bandwagon too soon and now they're a terrible team so we we've been a little bit of a curse for people coming on the show yeah hopefully we can flip it around for Mr. Wilson and we'll we'll see him up in the bigs uh, Mr. Watson Watson. you're already I know you haven't done your research but I obviously have not but Watson yeah hopefully we get him up to the bigs maybe we'll be the turnaround yeah, that'd be great. Um, but in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break with some tight end breakdown. Um, Sammy Horowitz. All right, let's leave our sisters out of this, Caitlin and Aaron. Um, we'll be back <laughs> after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and of course, we are better than ever. And I, unfortunately, I believe, nope, I did not close out of my link. We are going to be talking tight ends this segment, one of the last crucial pieces to a fantasy football team. We don't really care too much about the kickers and the defense. I really don't believe they add that much value when you can pick up a new one every single week if you'd like. But the tight ends is a hit miss position. If you are at the top, or, or you're at if you are at the upper echelon of tight ends, you are going to have players who are consistently improving your team. But if you miss that upper echelon, you're really kind of doing the scramble each week and seeing what tight end you can plug and chug with. This year, I think there's a little more depth. I mean, people are going to disagree with some of the names I'm going to spew out there. Number one this year is Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this is a little bit odd to me, Xander, and you can argue it if you would like. I don't understand why he becomes number one this year after losing Alex Smith, who was arguably the best passer he's had um maybe the only one he's had but i believe that putting a rookie with him might be a little more difficult we know mahomes is more of a deep threat can throw the ball way downfield we saw him throw a ball farther than any other quarterback did last year in the nfl season just in his first preseason action um i don't think he's number one and i don't feel confident with a rookie quarterback i would uh i'd avoid kelsey this season at least uh, I disagree. I think Travis Kelsey, um, first of all, he's a great playmaker. So I don't I don't think it matters too much who's under center for him. But I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I love the, the deep threat ability. Um, and when you think of tight ends, you don't really think of them really moving the ball downfield a ton. But, I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey's average almost 13 yards per catch um, for his career. So he, he's a tight end who knows how to move the chains. He knows how to get downfield. Um you know, for the second straight year last year, he totaled a thousand yards, had a career high eight touchdowns as well. So I know the departure of Alex Smith. You know, 
on the outside might look like it hurts, but I think Patrick Mahomes um, has a lot of playmaking ability. I don't know if he'll be as efficient or as consistent as Alex Smith, but I really like Kelsey this year. It's hard for me to put him at number one over Gronk, but Gronk is such a question mark um, with his ability to stay on the field. So, you know, I think Travis Kelsey is very solid. It's tough for me to say that I'll be the one to take him because I've never been a huge fan of taking tight ends super early. And I've got to think that Travis Kelsey um, could be a third-round pick. Um, I could definitely see him sneaking into the third. I think he'll be at the latest, a fourth round. I think that's pretty on par for his value. But, you know, I think Travis Kelsey is a very solid player, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think he'll end the year as a top-three tight end. I mean, I don't doubt that he has that potential. I just don't know coming from Mahomes. But you mentioned Rob Gronkowski, a guy, we talked about it through each of the positions so far. Injuries are a big concern, and this guy can never seem to keep it, keep himself on the field. And uh, this is why I've never been one of the people who, like you said, will draft a tight end in the third round. I don't think Gronk, I've seen Gronk drafted in the first round. I think Jared Rubin is actually at fault. I think Jared Rubin has drafted Rob Gronkowski in the first round. And I don't think there's ever a place for that, and he has proven it by the injuries. I know he can put up a ton of points, score a ton of touchdowns because of Tom Brady, but he is never on the field long enough for me to consider him a top three or a first three rounds kind of guy. Yeah, that, that's that's another really tough thing. I mean, Gronk is a guy who could make or break your fantasy team. Um, you know, if you happen to take him and he goes off and scores 15 touchdowns, and obviously, it, I think you're going to find some success as a team. Um, cause he could, I think he kind of, he puts up the kind of numbers that could be on par with like a top flight wide receiver. When you look at just how much action that he gets, um, in the red zone as well with Tom Brady, but that's always, that's always the key thing. Is he going to stay healthy, um, for such a big bodied athletic guy, very fragile. Um, I think that's a, definitely a fair description for, you know, you look at how many games he's missed over the years. Um, and I, I just don't know if I want to be the guy to take him. But it, it always hurts me a little bit when Gronk goes off the board because I'm always wondering, you know, is this the year where I messed up and passed on him when he's going to be unbelievable? I don't know. Um, I think there's definitely a right spot for him. And I think everybody has a similar, you know, a similar mind, method of thinking with Gronk. You know, do you want to be the guy who takes him too early? I don't know if anybody really does, but I think someone someone will reach up and grab him just because the upside is, is so great. And you've seen it when he's on the field. Um you know, since 2014, he's got 24 touchdowns um, you know, in the red zone, and he's missed 12 games, though. So it, it's really hard for me to take Gronk. But I think the next guy on the list, um, this is a guy who I think is a little brother to Travis Kelsey because I think he could be the next. He already broke out last year, but he could be the number one tight end in all football this year. That is Zach Ertz. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to break out and finally get over the hump in 2017. Um, caught 11 out of 17 targets in the red zone, put up seven scores. And, you know, I think he's in for a great year with Carson Wentz. Hopefully he's able to stay healthy. But no matter who's under center, I think Ertz is going to be a, a major factor in this Philadelphia offense. Um, got a lot of weapons on the outside, too, with Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey. But I think Ertz is going to be a huge playmaker this year and I think should catch 10 touchdowns. Hey, Ertz was a large reason for our boy Matt Collada getting into the finals. Ertz doubled his receiving touchdowns last year from years past. He had eight, and I think it only gets better. They mentioned that Wentz has targeted him 216 times since they've played together. Now, it's a matter of Wentz getting on the field, who is actually, actually, interestingly enough, 
questionable for week one. I'm not saying what I'm about to say, but questionable for week one was originally slated to start week one. Are we potentially seeing Andrew Luck the second? I don't think we can call him Andrew Luck quite yet. I mean, he is coming off, I think, what's considered a much worse injury in a torn ACL. Um, Andrew Luck said he might never have played football again. There was a point where it crossed his mind that throwing a football might never occur again. So I don't know which injury you find worse. Well, I mean, the ACL is definitely worse, but the way that the Andrew Luck situation was handled, I thought was um, just more frustrating because I remember at the start of last year, it was like, yeah, he might miss the first game, but then he'll be back. And then it was like a total of 700 days, you know, in between him throwing a pass in the league. Um, yeah, so Andrew Luck, very interesting. But, you know, I think Ertz, even if Foles is under center, um, think he'll make a lot of plays. I think the next guy, number four, is my guy. He could be me, the most interesting of all the tight end options. Let me do the introduction, please. This is this is not anybody else's player other than mine. He is standing at a whopping way too tall for you to defend. He is the size of a man you'll never be able to tackle. He now has the quarterback that everybody in their dreams wish they had. Number four on this list, Jimmy, the superstar Graham. He is now playing for the Green Bay Packers. He is returning to a quarterback whose primary objective is to throw the ball and put the ball in the end zone himself. Has not seen that since the days of Drew Brees. Jimmy Graham might not have that upfield potential he used to have, the speed, the getting big plays, but he did have 10 touchdowns in the red zone last season, and that was with Russell Wilson. We saw it week one of the preseason, Rodgers to Graham on their first drive. I'm projecting three touchdowns a week to Jimmy Graham. Put it on the dot, put the mortgage on it. Jimmy Graham finishes with 50 receiving touchdowns. Well, let's put it out there first. I think you're all out of mortgages. I think this is about your seventh or eighth one, and I think you've only hit about one or two. Um, right. Jimmy Graham, super interesting because with the loss of Jordy Nelson, um, is Jimmy Graham going to replace him in the red zone as the guy who Aaron Rodgers is just always looking for? That was one of the greatest things about Jordy Nelson was not only did he put up some insane numbers, but it just seemed like him and Aaron Rodgers had – this like telepathic connection in the red zone that it was almost unstoppable. I mean, people knew that he was going to throw the ball to Jordy and nobody could really defend it. And I think Jimmy Graham might turn into that guy this year. I mean, you look at the other weapons on Green Bay, you got Randall Cobb, who, you know, is more of a slot receiver. Um, you've got Devontae Adams, who I think takes over the primary threat on the outside. You got Geronimo Allison. Um, but Jimmy Graham, like you mentioned, playing with probably the best quarterback in the league um you know from pure talent arm strength um just the way he's able to control the game Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable and you know Jimmy Graham I I could see him putting up at least 10 touchdowns this year I mean it would not surprise me um if he ended the year with you know 1200 yards and 12 or 13 touchdowns which would be a fantastic year for not only tight end but anybody catching the ball um so Jimmy Graham I, I think is almost as interesting as Rob Gronkowski because he, you know, when he was with the Saints, Drew Brees, him and Gronk were in a tier by themselves. And Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's he's gotten older over the past few years, but I think still has that elite pass-catching ability um, 
And if he can make it work in the red zone, then I think he's definitely worth his ranking right now. But we'll see. This was a little bit of a higher ranking than I wanted to see. Uh, I was hoping he'd slip a little bit. If he's really progressing this much in fantasy leagues and being drafted earlier, I'll probably end up losing out on him and as a player. got to hold that thought because that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM247.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and of course, always better than ever. And we were just finishing. I don't know if Graham's going to be a player on my fantasy team, as he'll probably be drafted a little bit too early for me because of our hype. Let me tell you, I think underratedly, too many people listen to us, and I think too many people are going to draft him too early now, which would hurt me in most leagues, as I would really love to have him as my starting tight end. But Jimmy Graham is definitely my sleeper. I know he's four, so it's hard to call him a sleeper, but he's definitely the sleeper after having some tough years in Seattle. I think it's going to be back to the top for him. Let's talk five, a guy that you really liked last year, Xander, a guy that you had on your team, and a guy that was very inconsistent but showed the flashes of what it needs what it needs to be in order to be a top-flight tight end, and this is Evan Ingram of the Giants. How do you feel about him in 2018? Odell Beckham back. Maybe a better Eli Manning? Maybe? Yeah, you know what? I really like Evan Ingram, and I really like the direction of this New York Giant offense. Um, I think the addition of Saquon Barkley is really going to open up the field for a guy like Evan Ingram. Excuse me, Evan Ingram. Um, you look at he was one of four tight ends to post over a thousand yards last season, and he was second among all tight ends in the league with 115 targets. So you look at the return of a healthy Odell Beckham. Probably he's going to take some chances away, but. Just like the addition of a Saquon Barkley, I think you know when other aspects of the field open up, I think it could make it better for a guy like Evan Ingram because he is a no doubt one of the most talented tight ends in the league. And I agree, Eli Manning. Um, I think he's going to be solid. I think Eli Manning is a guy who always puts up numbers, and I think if that offensive line could just be average, I mean, because you look at last year, I think one of the worst offensive lines in football. I think that was one of the reasons that Eli. Um, didn't have a lot of success because he's not the most not the most agile of quarterbacks. We know that, but he does know how to get the ball downfield. And I think Evan Ingram is going to be a very solid option this year. And you look at our league, a ten-team league, tight end, like you said, is very deep this year. There's a lot of options out there, and I think I would not be upset if Evan Ingram ended up on my team because I think he'll probably go in the I want to say sixth or seventh round. Um, I could see some other guys like Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph getting drafted ahead of him, um, Greg Olson as well. But Evan Ingram, I think, has a lot of upside, and I think he should go over 1,000 yards this year again. Um, 
But looking down the rest of the list, six through ten, we've got delayed. We got Walker. we got to do the hot and cold though for the six through ten. I got we got to get your quick picks and we got to get how you're feeling and where you would you potentially draft them. And it starts with Delaney Walker, the Titans, a guy who was a product of Mark, Marcus Mariota's poor season last year. How do you feel about him? Um, I'm not I'm not going to say cold, but I think I'm going to stay away from Delaney Walker. I think. I'd rather have one of those top five guys. I'm gonna take if I'm gonna commit to a tight end early. I think there's also a few guys um, near the bottom of the list. We're looking at you know 12 through 20 who I think have a little more upside. Delaney Walker is a very solid option, but I'm a little cold on him this year. How about Kyle Rudolph, who for me personally super hot on. I don't like Kirk Cousins, but I do think Kirk Cousins provides the opportunity for Kyle Rudolph to be a top five tight end. I agree. I'm lukewarm on Kyle Rudolph. I put him in kind of this, that a similar, not the same, but a similar to a Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski. He's a big body tight end who's very talented, um, and I think the addition of Kirk Cousins, I think, will help him this year. Um, I, I just don't see him. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't see him putting up huge numbers this year. Um, I think Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen are going to take away a lot of firepower from him. Um, but he did. He had a solid year last year, but it wasn't great, and I'm not. I'm not super high on him this year. <laughs> Greg Olson, number eight, hot or cold? Average. I think he'll be solid. Um, not a big fan. Though. 33 years old with a lot of foot problems. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, injury problems. And that's why, kind of like a Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, I'd rather take one of those more elite tier tight ends um, than a guy who I think used to be considered elite. But I do worry a little bit about the injuries. And I'd rather, I'd rather almost go down to a – 12 or 13, a guy like a Ricky Seals-Jones, who is one of my sleepers this year. Um, I think he could be a really solid option for the Cardinals. When very limited playing time last year, um, I think he showed an immense amount of talent. Um, 12 catchers for 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. In a very, about, played about 10% of the offensive snaps. Um, so I'd, I'd rather sit back and wait till round you know, 11 or 12 to take a guy like that rather than reach for a Greg Olson who... Like you said, he's getting old, um, has some foot problems, and those are, I mean, foot, back. I mean, that's where you see some of these older players starting to break down a little bit, and Greg Olson, I think, could be a candidate um, for a guy who plays limited numbers this year. Right. All right. Now, after Greg Olson, who I'm cold on because I just think age does catch up to a person, and I'm not so hot on the Carolina Panthers as is, we got Trey Burton at nine for the Chicago Bears, your hometown team. Interesting. Um, Trey Burton, I think, is ranked a little high here, but I think he's definitely talented. Saw a little action in 2016, um, moved in the primary backup role um, for the Eagles last year and did pretty well when Zach Ertz was injured. And I think Mitch Trubisky, um, I think we could see him sort of morph and have a year kind of like a Jared Goff had last year. I don't think it's going to be as good, but I think they're going to let I think they're going to let him try to move the ball downfield a little bit more. This year, they've definitely added some weapons. Um, you look at Allen Robinson, I think, is a guy who could have a big year. So I think Trey Burton has some talent. Um, and if he catches seven or eight touchdowns and has eight or 900 yards, I would not be surprised. But I, I do think he's ranked a little high here inside the top 10. So I'm lukewarm on him. I'm cold just because he's a Chicago Bear, and the only Bear I would have committed to drafting would be Jordan Howard, who is getting a bad rep and might be seeing fewer touches due to his, uh, his aging at a quick rate so i am cold i'm gonna stay away from trey burton george kittle is 10 for the 49ers hot or cold xander i'm pretty hot on george kittle Ooh, I, we got I, some heat i do believe in jimmy g 
Um, I do not think that six-game stretch last year was a fluke. Um, and George Kittle's a guy who quietly saw 16 red zone targets last year, only scored on two of those targets. But I think with a healthy, healthy offseason under his belt, um, working with Jimmy G for a full offseason, I think he's got a really high upside. And I think Garoppolo is a guy who I think he's going to throw for 30 touchdowns this year. And hopefully Kittle uh, can grab seven or eight because I think that'd be awesome. But I think this 49ers offense is, is going to be pretty high flying. And I think he'd be smart to grab a piece of it. I would not be mad with George Kittle. And then let's just do rip it. Let's do sleepers and busts. I see Jordan Reed at 12. I, he's constantly a bust for me. He's been a bust for the last two years. I think he's my early on bust. And one of my early favorites is 14, David Nojoku from the Browns. I'm a big, big fan. And I'm excited to hear who you're sleeping on and who you're busting on. I know 15 shows Tyler Eifert. I hope you, uh, hope you have a little something-something for him. Yeah, I think I learned my lesson last year by taking Tyler Eifert in my my biggest league that I'm in. Um, Ended up playing a total of about a half game. Very disappointing. Tyler Eifert um, heard comparisons calling him a mini Gronk, and I think that's exactly what he is. One of the most talented tight ends in the league, but just like Gronk, and I think he's got an even worse case of the injuries, um, you got to stay away from him. If you draft him as your backup tight end very late in the draft and he turns out to be a star, that's the only reason I would ever take a reach on him. But I would stay away from Tyler Eifert. Um, I kind of already kind of already blew the cap on my sleeper. I really like Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, he looked down the rest of the list. Ben Watson with the Saints. I mean, I think there's just better options in our league uh you look at hearing a lot of good things about ben watson out of camp saying that he's turned back the clock and looks like an absolute superstar ready to perform this season maybe he is but i think even his numbers at a superstar level will not equal some of the guys we talked about previously um interesting 17 and 18 we've got two guys from the same team cameron brait and oj howard um oj howard was a guy who was last season's number 19 overall pick and I think if if one of these guys gets hurt, I think the other one will be left with, I would say, maybe top five upside. I think this Buccaneers offense, I know Jameis Winston is suspended for the first three games, but even a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, although he does throw a lot of interceptions, he does know how to move the ball downfield. So I think those two guys are interesting, but I think the fact that they're playing for the same team kind of makes it a little bit tough. Um, Going down the list a little further, I think another sleeper could be Austin Safarian Jenkins moving to the Jaguars. Oh. Oh. I mean, we're, we're down to 22. Like, these guys probably I, aren't going to get drafted in our league. But It's a deep, deep sleep. Like, this is a slumber <laughs> this is, this that you... A slumber. you, there, you want You want a real slumber. Here's the slumber. Eric Ebron at 26 for the Indianapolis Colts. If Andrew Luck even returns to 75 or 80% of what he was, Eric Ebron is a very talented tight end who has trouble catching the ball, but I think he will get a lot of targets. Um, Jack Doyle's the number one over there right now, but Eric Ebron, watch out for him as a very deep sleeper. Um, I think it's too deep for our league because we only have 10 teams, so you're, you probably won't even get um, – he probably won't be on a roster week one, but he's a guy you watch out for. Um, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. That was tight end. That will be our final fantasy breakdown. Before all the action starts, we're winding down the preseason. Only a couple more weeks left before we get into the real action. Um, we got survivor pools working. We got some spread pools working. 
uh, fantasy, you got the whole gamut. This is the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we'll be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here for the final segment of the Sporting Edge this week, August 26th. You were listening to us on. We are recording here on August 23rd. It was Andrew's birthday earlier this week, and now it is the housekeeping time of the episode where we catch up on a lot of the issues and sporting news that occurred during the week. We'll start with Urban Meyer, since I believe we're going to get into a tad bit of a debate about this, or I believe we see eye to eye. Urban Meyer was slapped with a three-game suspension following the investigation into him knowing about his assistant domestically abusing his or her wife. It is a his, so I'm going to say his wife. And uh, slap a three-game suspension after we were hearing the past couple of weeks that there might not actually have been an incident, and it was more of a cry for help and a cry for attention. Um, not everything. And there's CBS giving its uh That was actually ESPN. I'm oh, wow. Be now we're getting... It was ESPN now. People all want a piece of the sporting edge, and uh, we don't have a lot to give. We don't generate enough revenue to help these companies out. But I think this suspension is poor. That's what I'm going to give it. That's the rating I'm going to give it. It's either he's fired or he has no punishment because if he is guilty, that is a fireable offense. Uh, every single institution across the world, no matter what your job is, if that is the case, you were fired. There should be nothing holding this Urban Meyer back from being fired if he is found guilty, and so is Zach Smith. Second point being, this is not the first time we've heard stories of him covering up stuff. His time at Florida. I mean, not to mention, not only was it, uh, I was about to say Jim Tressel, but not only did Urban Meyer cover stuff up, Ohio State covered stuff up in years past with the Jim Tressel stuff. I mean, Ohio State is going to get away with this, put three-game suspension on it, making kind of weary whether or not he's guilty or not guilty. I think he should either be fired or not punished because if the, it is true that they're not in trouble for anything, then it's just a bad look suspending a coach for no reason. I actually completely 100% agree with you here. I don't want to be the one to judge anything about the situation. I haven't done enough research. I haven't read enough about it. Um, and I, I don't know if anybody really knows full details of the story. I think something with you, you get a lot of different sides, a lot of different opinions, but from a from a thirty thousand foot bird's eye view, um, if I'm Ohio State, you know, if I think Urban Meyer did something wrong and he, you know, jeopardized, we're not talking about football, but somebody else's life, um, with what was going on with Zach Smith, then I think he should be fired if that's what they found. And if they found that he didn't do anything wrong according to what he was supposed to do and what his contract says, then he shouldn't be suspended. So I'm kind of, I'm a little bit confused with what a three-game suspension really says. I mean, does it say that he did something wrong and they're you know putting football above the situation? Does it say that they didn't find anything but need to give everybody else some closure on what happened? I don't know. The whole thing, to me, I'm kind of salty about it. Um, it, doesn't, it just has made me believe that Urban Meyer isn't really a good guy. That's just what I'm getting from it. A guy with a kind face but a poor behind-the-scenes ethic. Um, I, I, that's what I'm getting from him. And I think one of the worst parts about it all, um, so you look at the first, the Big Ten media days when he lied to the media, not that that's a crime at all, but his second press conference 
with his apology about what happened was it was just very cold and there was nothing really good in my opinion about it i listened to a you know a little bit of the press conference and he you know, was reading straight out the statement really had no um emotion it was just it was just not a good look for him i think or the university um just listening to him read that statement it just sounded like he didn't want to be there he didn't really care about it at all um and it was i thought i think it's just a very bad look you know on top of the whole situation and i think well people well people from espn really took to that as well i mean bob lee coming out and saying that ohio state's response is feckless and tone deaf you've got Stephen a saying meyer showed no remorse in his press conference you have michelle beetle saying that she hopes future coaches learn from meyer's mistakes i mean the only thing he said is to Courtney Smith, I'm sorry we're in this situation. I mean, that's not really a full-on apology or one that shows he learned anything. The guy kind of seems like a scumbag. He's on. I'm going to put him on a list. He is on the scumbag alert, and he uh, he joins a list with Rick Pitino, in my opinion. He joins a list with John Calipari in the future, as I feel like we're going to learn some stuff coming up this season about John Calipari, and definitely on the Sean Miller list right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just it's not a good situation. Um, I think for all just sports in general, then you look at college football, then you look at Ohio State. I don't like it. Um, it's a bad, it's a bad situation. And like I said, I don't know if I'll ever really know, or anybody will ever know all the details. But I think it's a bad look for Urban Meyer. Um, but regardless of all that, the guy is a great coach. Um, you know, he's won <laughs> everywhere he's been. So it's it makes everything okay. I'm no, it doesn't. But that's that's kind of what it seemed like Ohio State was saying with this suspension. And I mean, I don't I don't really have much else to say about it except that it it does it's not really sitting right with me. And I think this is a I don't know. It, it's it's not good. Put it that way. It's, In my very not, first grade it's language, not, it's not good. Right. So let's hop off of this. As college football is a little bit away, and we really don't know a whole lot other than the rankings did come out, and Alabama is once again the number one ranked team in the country. Um, so we'll be excited to see. I'm going to pick Alabama again to be the national champion because I do that every single year, and it seems to work out pretty well. At least I always have the opportunity to see them in a championship game. Um, let's talk a little baseball, some heartbreak and some and some heart healing for the Cubs. The Cubs were in a little bit of a lull. They had a great game here on Thursday with Javier Baez blasting the ball 481 feet. But before this game occurred, we learned that the Cubs would acquire Daniel Murphy earlier in the week, which is a surprise to me that I want to talk to you about and got a lot of shellacking over text from my uh, friends. And then you, Darvish, not returning this year at all with some elbow issues. Uh, it seems like a very up-and-down go for the Chicago Cubs, if you think about it. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I, I feel like most people were kind of putting you, Darvish, on the back burner. If he would have come back, fine. But, you know, he pitched horrible this year when he was pitching, which it seems like he pitched like three years ago. I don't think that was a surprise. David Murphy pickup, interesting. Um, I think if you're a Nats fan, you just got to be salty. Um, Salty that Steven Strasburg didn't pitch back in, I think it was the 2013 or 2014 playoffs Um, because this team is kind of selling off a lot of pieces right now. Um, Matt Adams going back to the Cardinals. I don't think the Nats are completely out of it for next year, though. They do have some pieces, but regardless, I don't really care about the Nationals right now. But Murphy is an interesting addition, and forget about Murphy, though. Cole Hamels is pitching his ass off for the Cubs and spun another gem on Thursday, a game in which the Cubbies won. 
So this team, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, down the stretch, we still have three great races in the NL. The Rockies are super hot right now, and they're calling up Matt Holiday for the playoff race. Um, one team I think is in trouble. It's in your hometown right now. It's the L.A. Dodgers. I hope they're in trouble. I hate the Dodgers. I hate their stadium. I don't like that they went and got Machado and Dozier this offseason, or not offseason, during the middle of the regular season. I hope the Dodgers fall out because they, to me, are the scariest team for the Cubs. They have the batting. They have some bit of a rotation that is struggling right now, but come playoff time, it is completely a reset button. So I'm hoping they fall out. Yeah, well, I don't even know if the, the, right now they are not going to make the playoffs. They're four and a half games back in the NL West. Um, and you look at the wild card standings, they are three and a half back. Um, we got a tight race. You know, we got the Cardinals, Rockies, Brewers, Phillies. Um, then you got the Dodgers, Nationals, six and a half out. I'm not going to put them in that mix. But, you know, the Cubbies, Braves, and the Diamondbacks all leading their respective divisions right now. So this is going to go down to the stretch. I mean, Philly. The NL could not be more exciting if that's in any way you put it. It is looking to be the most exciting stretch of baseball we've had this season. Right. And, you know, I would love to see the Phillies make the playoffs. Not if. But they are a little ad there. Um, there are three games back right now. The Central, I mean, that right now is the most exciting division in baseball because you got three teams who are right there. Um, in the NL West, I would say watch out for the Rockies. There is no hotter team in baseball right now than the Colorado Rockies. And it's funny, they still have a negative run differential on the season. But we're going to have to find out what happens next week, everybody, because that is all the time we have here at the Sporting Edge. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. And we will be back next week, and we'll be one more week closer to football. Tight ends. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.